peace. Take a moment to think about it. What is your definition of peace? What does peace actually mean to you? See, for some, peace means absolutely no conflict, right? No conflict with your spouse, no conflict with your kids, um, no conflict with your siblings. For others, peace means the freedom to just be able to do what you want unhindered. And still for others, peace means being able to live free from fear or anxiety. See, I was curious as I was preparing and getting ready for this message, and so I decided to actually, like, look up the definition of peace. And peace is defined in the Oxford Dictionary as the freedom from anxiety, the freedom from disturbance, whether emotional, spiritual, or mental, it's a freedom from inner conflict. See, peace is a calm or a tranquility. Now, peace is something, I think, that everyone desires. And yet, not everybody has it. See, in the chaos and the craziness of this life, it can be hard to have peace, especially when there are so many factors or circumstances outside of our control. And yet, what if I told you that it's possible to have peace? To have unshakable, unwavering peace in every single circumstance, in every single situation, no matter what you face. Now, you might actually think that I'm out to lunch or that it's completely impossible depending on your walk with God. But church, I'm here to tell you today and to remind you that it is possible to have this kind of peace. See, you might already know, but this peace that I'm talking about is not a worldly peace that's based on the circumstances, that's based on the things that are happening around us, no. This peace that I'm talking about is the kind of peace that passes all understanding. It's the kind of peace that really doesn't make sense in the midst of that heartbreak, in the midst of that situation, in the midst of that devastating loss, that horrible storm. It's the kind of peace that's only given by God. See, truthfully, many times in my own life, I've experienced this kind of peace. But there's a time very specifically that I remember when I was two years old where I experienced this peace. Now, this is like my earliest memory, so this is going very far back in the memory archive of Marissa, okay? But when I was two years old, my life got completely flipped upside down. See, I was in the midst of a storm, and I had no idea how it would turn out. I had no idea what the outcome would be, and yet I had a peace that didn't make sense. See, when I was two years old, I ended up getting very, very sick, and as a result of that, I ended up in the hospital. 
See, we ended up figuring out afterwards that my pancreas, which is an organ in your body that creates a hormone called insulin, which helps to regulate blood sugars. So when I was two years old, my pancreas had decided to completely quit working. And I got diagnosed with diabetes. But in the midst of all of this, as I was in the hospital, like, there was a lot of uncertainty. We didn't know what the outcome would be or what would happen. And yet, even at two years old, I had such a peace that didn't make sense. See, during that time, and I remember most of it, there's maybe a couple things that I don't um, quite fully remember, but one of the things that I really, really clearly remember is not being afraid. I had such a sense of peace and calmness that both my mom, who was with me in the hospital at the time, and all of the doctors and nurses that I came into contact with were literally in shock. See, even when they were doing all of the testing, when they were giving me the needles and the insulin and all of that stuff, like, I was just completely calm. Now, if you've ever known a two-year-old, worked with a two-year-old, or maybe you've had a two-year-old at some point in your life, you know that a two-year-old can be actually quite temperamental and quite finicky, right? Especially when it comes to a situation with a lot of uncertainty. And if you think about it, a normal two-year-old in this situation probably would have panicked, probably at some point would have cried, probably would have like flailed their limbs or flinched when they were going to get a needle or as they were going through the tests. But again, I was completely calm to the point that literally in the hospital, every doctor and nurse I came into contact with said, I've never seen a kid like this. Like, she's literally so calm. Like, how is this possible? To, uh, I guess, prove the point further, I remember at one point, it was when they were going to actually give me uh, my very first insulin injection. And they're used to kids kind of flailing or kicking and all this stuff. So what they actually did, it was kind of funny looking back now, maybe not in the moment, um, but they ended up wrapping me up almost like a little burrito. And the only thing that was sticking out was my arm. And this was to prevent me from kicking or flailing or moving. So they, they did all of this work in wrapping me up. And then like two seconds after that, they realized we don't actually need to keep her wrapped up. Like she's fine. She's calm. See, I had a peace that surpassed the situation and frankly didn't make sense. As I said, I, I didn't cry once. I didn't panic. I didn't flail my arms or my legs. I literally just sat there calmly and allowed the doctors and the nurses to do whatever they needed to. It really didn't make sense. But I had such a supernatural peace. And church, this peace, I believe, was given by God in order to face this horrible, horrible situation. John 14, verse 27, this is Jesus himself speaking. And he says, peace I leave with you. 
My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. See, the supernatural peace that I experienced is not something that can be found any other way or be given by anyone else other than God. See, this peace is not just any peace that we're talking about. No, as in the verse that I just read, it's actually God's peace. It's the unshakable, unwavering peace that God himself actually carries And he gives it to us as his sons and his daughters so that we can go through these storms. So that we can go through these chaotic or devastating moments in life and still stay standing. See, this peace of God is not a peace that's based on circumstance. It's not a peace that's based on whatever's happening around us, but it's a peace that's based on who God is. Which brings me to my first point. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our peace. Ephesians 2, verse 13 to 14a says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. See, church, when we accept Jesus into our hearts, He actually becomes our peace. When we face those situations or storms of life, when we're uncertain about the future, when we're uncertain about what steps we should take to move forward or or where we should go or what we should do, we can still have that unwavering, unshakable peace. The incredible peace of God that actually passes all understanding, that doesn't make sense in the midst of that heartbreak, in the midst of that situation, in the midst of what seems to be chaos and devastation. We can still have that peace when we allow Jesus to be our peace. But church, here's the thing. We have to let him. See, our God is not a forceful God. He will never force us to make him our peace. He will never force us to choose him or force us to turn to him, and yet, he so desires to. He so desires to help us, to lead us, and to actually be our peace, but he never will if we don't allow him to. See, a little further down in that same passage in Ephesians, It actually says that Christ is our cornerstone. Now, you might be thinking, like, okay, cool, Jesus is our cornerstone, but, like, what does that actually mean? I got you. So, a cornerstone in ancient times was super, super important when they were building because the cornerstone would have been part of the foundation, Not only would it be part of the foundation, but it was the stone that literally all the other stones for the building would be built upon. And so in ancient times, as they were building, they would take like an insane amount of time to make sure that the cornerstone was perfectly level, 
was perfectly in its place because if it was even just slightly out of position, if it was even just slightly uneven or unlevel or slightly out of place, that would actually affect the rest of the building. It would affect the stability and integrity of the wall, which would in turn affect the stability, safety, and integrity of the rest of the building. It would make it unstable, unsafe, and prone to crumbling. Now, church, in the same way, I wonder how often do we actually take the time to make sure that Jesus, who Scripture says, as we've read, is our cornerstone and is actually in the right place in our lives, right? Like it's easy to say, oh, yeah, Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my strength. But do we actually live that out? Do we actually believe it? How often, church, are we actually going back to the word of God? Are we actually praying? Are we actually spending time in God's presence to make sure that we're allowing him to actually be the cornerstone in our lives and making sure that we're actually aligning ourselves with him? Or are we compromising? Honestly, I know I've been guilty of this. But how many times do we think... Well, Jesus doesn't really fit with this one area in my life. So I'm just going to move him slightly just over here. Or we think, well, I know that this thing isn't really what God wants for me or really what is what God wants me to do. But I really want this thing or I really want to do this thing. And so I'm just going to actually move Jesus out of the way in this area. And it'll be okay because I'll let him be the cornerstone. I'll let him be the Lord of my life in all of these other areas. But just this one area, I'm just going to pretend he's not there. Church, this is tough. I know. This is really tough. But the reality is if we actually live our lives this way, we won't have peace. We can't have peace because we aren't actually aligned with Jesus. And when we aren't aligned with Jesus, then we don't actually allow him to be our peace. See, true peace, that peace that passes all understanding, comes by actually aligning ourselves with Christ. By living according to his word and his standard no matter the cost. By actually surrendering and allowing him to be our peace. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That's not always easy to do. That's actually really hard sometimes. But is it worth it? Yes. Always. See, church, when we allow ourselves to compromise or even just become slightly out of alignment with Christ then I believe that's when we lack peace because we're actually no longer surrendered to Jesus or actually even fully walking out in his will for our lives. In addition to that, I believe when we allow ourselves to become uh, misaligned or come out of alignment with Jesus, or we actually move him from his place as cornerstone in our lives, 
Not only do we end up lacking peace, but I actually believe we won't fully walk out in the calling or the things that God has for us. Now, sure, we might walk out some of it, but maybe not all of it, and definitely not to the full capacity that we're called to because of our own hard-heartedness and our own unwillingness to surrender to God and his plans. 1 Peter 1, verse 14 to 15 says, So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. See, church, I believe it's actually nothing more than pride to say or to think that we know better or that we actually have better plans for our lives than God. That we know better than the one who actually created us, than the one who scripture actually says orders our steps and designs the best plans possible for our lives. And sure, we might not actually say that out loud, but how do we act? What do we believe? And how do we live? What's in our heart? What's our attitude? What's our thoughts? Do we actually believe that God is good and that he actually does have good plans for our lives? And do we walk in obedience to him as a result of that or do we choose to rebel and do our own thing? Do we actually include God in our decisions? Do we ask him what he thinks about us taking that new job, about us dating that person, about us starting that business or joining that partnership? And not only do we ask him, but do we actually wait for God to respond? See, church, we'll never have peace if we don't actually surrender and walk in accordance to his will for us. So can I just ask you, will you begin to trust him? Will you begin to allow Jesus to actually be your peace? See, if we want peace, true peace, we need to actually allow Jesus to be our peace, to be our cornerstone, and, and actually make sure that we're in alignment with Jesus with his word, even when it's hard and even when we don't feel like it. Psalm 119, verse 165 says, Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble. So you might be thinking, okay, that's cool. So Jesus is our cornerstone. We need to make sure we're in alignment with him. But how do we actually do that? How do we actually stay aligned with Jesus? I got you again. Don't worry. We stay aligned with Jesus by reading our Bibles, reading the Word of God, by going to church, which you guys are. You're here this morning, so good job. By living rightly according to the standards set by God in His Word, which actually is how to be holy, by the way. By listening to God's instruction. 
by listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And not just listening, but also actually walking in obedience to him when he says, yes, take that new job. No, don't go to those places. Now, again, I'm going to be really honest with you. This is not always easy to do. It's not always easy to stay in alignment with Jesus. I know I've had moments in my own life in different ways and with different things where I've gone through this as well. Now, one specific area for me has been relationships. See, I always believe it's a good idea to always pray about everything, as scripture says, uh, and include God in every decision that we make. But especially in the area of relationships, um, things like dating or marriage, it's always a really good idea to include God into that. So for me, any time that a guy was interested in me, I would always actually pray about it. And honestly, God always said no, which I'm not going to lie, was really hard and at points has actually been very frustrating. But I know that I need to stay in alignment with Jesus. And so this is an area that I've always actually tried to walk in alignment with him, no matter how difficult it's been, even when he said no. Now, there was only once in my entire life, and it was actually like just before I got hired and moved here, that I can remember um, there was a guy who was interested in me, and he was a great guy, um, and I had been praying about it, and he's the only person, like, honestly, fully, I was expecting the Lord to say no, because that was the response all of the other times. Um, but Holy Spirit was literally like, which also, his response caught me off guard a little bit, but Holy Spirit was like, well, if you want to, like, you can date this person, and like, you'll end up marrying them and all that stuff, but I have someone better for you. And of course, me, I was like, well, the Lord didn't say no, so I'm just going to go ahead. Um, and so I ended up going on uh, one or two dates with this person, but truthfully, as I continued to pray about it, I didn't have peace. And so as a result of that, I had to end it, which brings me to my next point. Okay, so the first point is Jesus is our peace, okay? Second one is Jesus actually leads us with peace. Jesus leads us with peace. Colossians 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you are called as members in one body of believers. And be thankful to God always. See, church, I believe that the Holy Spirit actually leads us with peace. As in the story that I shared of that guy, I had no peace about it. Even though everything looked good, like he was a great guy, treasure. Um, and he uh, was also in ministry, loved the Lord, great guy, really. And yet, I didn't have peace about it. 
I didn't have peace about this individual, which truthfully speaking, when I look back on it, was probably why the Holy Spirit's response was like, well, if you want to, you can. Because Holy Spirit is sovereign and Holy Spirit knows everything. And so I think he knew that I wouldn't be able to fully go through with it because I didn't have peace. I knew that that individual wasn't for me. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, says, Do not be anxious about, every, about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, church, I believe that peace is actually a guard that the Holy Spirit uses to lead and to protect us. Oftentimes, I think that um, we can have opportunities come our way, right? Opportunities that look good from the outside. Maybe, like I described, it's the opportunity to be in a relationship. That person just looks amazing, right? Maybe it's the opportunity for a new job. And man, that job looks really good because the pay is like way higher than what you're making now. Or maybe it's a business partnership that looks like it's going to be a really good deal. It looks like it'll really profit your business. And yet when it comes down to it and you actually pray about it, you don't feel peace. You feel uneasy. You feel unsettled in your heart and your mind and your spirit and about that individual or about that opportunity or about that partnership and, and you can't really make sense of it. Like it's, it doesn't make sense in the natural because, I mean, this opportunity looks good. People are telling you that you should go for this opportunity and yet when you pray about it, you, you can't understand why, but something doesn't feel right. You don't feel peace over it. See, church, when this happens... I actually believe that that's the Holy Spirit trying to protect us. See, in my experience, and again, I've experienced this in other things other than relationships, but when we lack peace over whatever it is that we've prayed for, oftentimes that lack of peace or that unsettling in our spirit, no matter how big or how small that feeling is, is actually the Holy Spirit that's trying to warn us and protect us from stepping into something that we shouldn't or doing something that we shouldn't do because the reality is if God's peace isn't in it, he's probably not leading us into it. So then what ends up happening is if we actually ignore that lack of peace, again, no matter how big or how small that feeling is, and we go ahead with that decision, we go ahead with that partnership. We go ahead with that job or that opportunity. We go ahead with that relationship. Then oftentimes what ends up happening is we get ourselves into sticky or even painful situations that really actually could have been avoided if we had listened to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Church, I've seen it time and time again. Not just in my own life, but even as a pastor walking alongside of people and doing life with people. 
See, there's protection when we walk in obedience and listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's protection when we actually pay attention to whether there's a measure of God's peace in something or a lack of it. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Our God is a God of peace, so he uses peace to lead us. So on the flip side, if there is an opportunity in front of you, or maybe you have like several, I'm just thinking like, in terms of like a job or something, if you have several options in front of you and you've prayed about it and you feel peace regarding one of those options or regarding that opportunity or regarding that relationship, whatever it is that you've actually prayed about, oftentimes that's actually the Holy Spirit that's leading you into that opportunity or leading you into that decision. And truthfully, if God is actually leading you into it, not only will he put his peace on it, but he'll confirm it in some way. He'll confirm it either through his words, through reading scripture. He'll confirm it through a dream or a vision, or he might even confirm it through a word from somebody else. But I, I'd like to just encourage you, if that's you, and maybe you're struggling with a decision or you, you're struggling with something that's been put in front of you and you're maybe feeling confused about it, Confusion is not from God. Confusion is always from the enemy. But if the Lord is in it, he'll bring clarity. He'll bring peace. And he'll bring confirmation by the Holy Spirit. Now, as I mentioned, that could be through reading scripture, through a word from someone else, through a dream or a vision. Because, see, Holy Spirit is very um, creative, our God is very big and creative, and he speaks to each person differently because we're all crafted very uniquely, and how we hear from God is different. So he speaks according to how we hear from him. But either way, if God is leading you into something, he'll confirm it, and his peace will be on it. And church, I'd also like to say, if God is leading us into something, we don't need to be afraid. See, the things that the Lord actually leads us into are always good. They're not always easy, so please don't confuse easy with good. Because the reality is, is most of the time when God is actually calling us into something or leading us into something, it's really hard. Like you have to work actually quite hard to do the things that God has called you to. But ultimately, it'll be good. Because God is good. He leads us with peace. So Jesus is our peace. And Jesus leads us with peace. But you might be wondering, okay, so that's cool, but like how do I actually have that peace? How do I actually get that peace that passes all understanding? That peace that's unshakable, that's unwavering no matter what I face? Well, church, truthfully... It's impossible to have the peace of God if we don't have peace with God. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Meaning what? Meaning that no matter what we do or how hard we try, we can actually never be good enough. 
Like it actually doesn't matter how nice you are or how many good things you do for people. All have sinned. All have fallen short before God. It's, it's actually in our very nature as human beings. I mean, you think about the criminal code of Canada, yeah? And let's say, hypothetically, I break the law by stealing. Well, when I'm standing in court and I'm in front of the judge, it doesn't actually matter how nice I am or how many good things I did for the people around me. I still broke the law. I'm still subject to punishment based on what I did. I'm still subject to the consequences. And yes, of course, the judge can be lenient. The judge might show mercy and maybe give me a light sentence. But that doesn't actually change the fact that I broke the law. That I still sinned. Church, if we can't get away with it in Canada, why do we think we can get away with it with God? We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, we deserve nothing more than death. But God in his great love and his great mercy sent his son Jesus to take our place, to die on a cross and, and to actually pay a debt that we couldn't pay. To actually take away our sin so that we could be at peace once again with God and that we could actually know him once again. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified is just a fancy word to say, just as if I'd never sinned. See, as I said, Jesus actually took away our sin. So through him, we can actually have peace with God. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so if you want that peace with God, if you want that, that peace that passes all understanding, that peace that's unshakable no matter what you face or what you're going through, we're going to pray that prayer. If you could just repeat after me. Uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I ask you now to forgive me of all I've done wrong, of all my sins and all my mistakes. Come into my heart and make me new. Fill me with your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.